Welcome to the Engachi Trust Podcast with your host, Kitri Cooper. And today we have brought in Kendra and Michael Bauer. We had Kendra on at the end of season one last time. And Kendra, I have to tell you, that is still our most downloaded episode of all time by like three times over the next top episode. People just loved it. So. I think it had more to do with the topic. <laughs> Good topic. Yeah, it was great, and we, we loved having you, so I was like, ah, I want to have both of them back on, so it's good. And yeah, her husband, Michael, is here with her. Hi, Michael. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. This is exciting. So fun. So um, today we're kind of talking about dating, engagement, marriage kind of stuff. Um, before we recorded, I was telling them, um, a friend of mine and I were talking, and she was like, they're there's a lot of podcasts and a lot of sermons on how to have a godly marriage, but there's not a lot of focus on like how to be godly in like the dating aspect or the engagement aspect. So will you guys kind of walk me through like what were some of the things that you guys did while you were dating or just, you know, just dating in general that took steps that would lead you to a godly spouse? I would say the very first thing that I was committed to initially, Michael is the only man I've ever dated, mm-hmm. which is really um, not a common thing that you would hear. No. But That's I really was cool, committed though. to not dating anybody that um, I wouldn't marry. Yeah. And so I think if you even approach dating from that aspect, like I'm not going to waste my time, I'm not going to waste my emotions or, you know, give my heart away randomly. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes it a little bit easier just to approach that side. So I would say that's the very first kind of um, standard that I set. But yeah. you dated other people. Yeah, um, you know, it's, uh, wow. <laughs> There's so many <laughs> things that I could say right here on this. Um, I think it's important to kind of back up and just, we want to tell you our story. It's not yeah. necessarily, um, it doesn't have to be your story, but it's one that is our story. So um, we met when we were 19 and 17, and then our we dated for about probably almost two years, um, and then we were married after that, and we've since been together um, almost 18 years, well, almost married 18 years, together almost 20. So reflecting back on that is, is taking us back a little bit, and, and we're thinking about each of those pieces of what our dating life looked like and what that involved. Right. So I think that Kendra's exactly right on that, is that you have to make sure and know, hey, you know, you're looking for that person. Hey, right away, does this person, is this going to be my husband? Is this going to be my wife? Not just, hey, do they make me feel good? And, hey, they're pretty sexy, you know, or whatever that right. may be. Like, hey, I could, I really like this guy or this this girl has a nice body or something like that. But it's just, hey, you know, thinking long term. So yeah. And not like, is this the one, but is this husband material? Right. Can I, you know, the, the qualities I see right now, mm-hmm. could, you know, could I live with that or not? Or, you know, do I see it going somewhere long term? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And if the answer is no to that, then no. Yeah. <laughs> Don't waste your time. Yeah. And I feel like it's hard, you know, for people who are like in a, a, a long season of singleness, because you're like, oh my gosh, I just want to like be noticed or something. But it's also like, you also don't want to waste your time and put, you know, your emotions and energy out there just to be like, oh, well, I just wasted five months or a year or whatever when 
from the from the get go, you didn't really see it going anywhere. And there's so much emotional investment in dating. Yeah. So I feel like you're not just wasting time, but you're wasting you're wasting so much of yourself. I just feel like like it's a lot of high stress. It's a lot of um, broken hearts. Mm-hmm. Like even in a dating relationship, no matter how you slice it, breakups hurt. Yeah. Right. And so if you can just avoid, and you're not going to avoid every breakup, but yeah. um, if you avoid the meaningless ones. Yeah, you're already on the right track. Um, I would say this to one thing that maybe I should go back just a little bit. One thing that helped me set that standard was I read a book when I was in high school. And my parents kind of had the rule like you can't date until you're 16. Mm -hmm. So it never was really an option for me to do that. But um, when I was in high school, so before I started dating, I read a book and it said you should write down everything that you want in a mate or mm-hmm. in, in a spouse. And so I wrote down, like, you know, I think it had three different categories. I think we have talked about this actually L- in the bit. past. What uh-huh. does he look like? What does he act like? Uh, what is his relationship with God? Yeah. And so I kind of listed, I don't know, five things under each of those categories. And then I kept that list. Mm-hmm. And so even though I went on like a couple of dates, like I would always go back to that list. I'm a very methodical person anyway, but yep. I would go back to that list and, and say, okay, so this is a standard I set. Mm-hmm. Does this person align? And if not, I didn't go on a second date. So that's why yeah. he's the only one I dated. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. You, you, ch- you ticked all the boxes, <laughs> <Yeah>. Michael. <laughs> I'm not sure about that, maybe. <laughs> no, remember when or most got, of them. Yeah. yeah, when we got engaged, I think I wrote on that, you're all of this, and I gave it to you. Do you remember that? Yeah, maybe I think so. you still have it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. I love that. Do you think, though, like, this is just, you know, my brain. Do you think, though, that maybe writing a list would al- almost, like, hinder somebody in a, in a way? Yeah. Or, like, if their list is almost too specific or, like, too detail-oriented, do you think that could possibly limit their, their, you know, their widening of their horizons. Yeah, absolutely. I had some guidance. Like I said, I read a book and so she gave some guidance on Mm -hmm. what you should be listing and kind of not to get too specific. I remember she mentioned that, but just like, what are the broad things that you're not willing to compromise on? Right. Um, so like, I think, yes, it can be hindering, so you have to be careful what's on your list, but if you just make sure that these are the things that no matter what I'm not going to lower my standard on, then um, it helps keep you in line when you do go into the dating game. Yeah. Have I ever, did did I ever talk to you about what I put on my list? No. It was Sonia. Okay, I have three things on my list. I was like, I don't care really what he looks like, just make him good looking to me. I really don't care. Uh, well, the first thing is like, I want his relationship to, with God to be real and authentic, not just like, oh, I believe in God, you know, because I've fallen into that trap where like, oh, I believe in God, but their their walk does not reflect it. Um, and so, and then, you know, second, I'm like, I don't care what he looks like. I just want him to be good looking to me. And then the third one, I was like, I just want him to be good with finances because I'm not great with money. <laughs> I don't want to have to worry about it. And I was like, Lord, if those three things are ticked, I'm fine. <laughs> like this hey, is good. That sounds like a great list. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I, I think that when you think about a list of somebody or something, you know, the thing that has to be the most important is, hey, you know, is this person going to walk the walk that God has called me to do? Are they yeah. going to embrace that? Are they going to say, you know, I recognize that 
in your life. And, you know, here's where I feel like God's calling me to. And I feel like by serving God together, essentially that's going to create all kinds of intimacy. That's going to create attraction in the long run. That's going to, you know, the Bible says that the two believers should not be unequally yoked. And so I think that, you know, however long or short your list may be, that needs to be the first one and says, Hey, like you said, does this person love God? Do they, are they willing to do what God says to do? You know, are they as sold out as I am for that? Because really, you know, all that other stuff will come into play when, when you keep that first. And, and so I just, I would just encourage you in that, that whoever you are, whatever situation it is and say, Hey, you know, I want to seek God more than anything else. And, and yeah, I, I would love to have that that husband or that wife eventually. I yeah. want that relationship. I want that connection, you know, for those of you that, you know, maybe you're feeling lonely and say, hey, I've tried dating for a while before. I've tried lists. I've tried all these things. And, you know, maybe this just doesn't work. And maybe you're feeling hopeless on those things. You know, you just, the Bible says when you draw closer to God, he'll draw near to you. Mm-hmm. And, and he knows your situation. He knows your thoughts. He knows your heart. He knows your feelings. He knows your emotions. He knows your past relationships and all of those things. And so it's so important to, 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 um, you know, just let him know what, what you're feeling, what your heart is and say, Hey God, you know, this is my desire and have him help you with that. So, yeah, I feel like, um, sometimes like the big C church almost like puts marriage as like an idol. Like this is like the ultimate pinnacle. And for, for somebody who kind of like grew up with that mindset, I've like, I've had to realize that like getting married was like, was being made an idol. And I'm like, that's not the end goal of God. That's not the end goal of, you know, um, relationships. Um, I, I listened to something recently that the brain looks at, um, relationships all the same, whether they're fam family, um, friendship or romantic that like the love is still the same in the brain. But for some reason, um, I don't know if it's TV or entertainment that we just like make the getting married, the pinnacle. And so like, yeah, like getting married is a desire, but it shouldn't become like an idol or something that we, that kind of pushes us towards God as well. Yeah, absolutely. One of the ways to prepare for um, a healthy dating like life is to work on yourself. You know, what, what is your relationship with God? Like, I remember at one point, Michael and I had broken up and he told me, just focus on God. Let God be your boyfriend right now. And at that point was one of the points where I had the most spiritual growth I have ever had in my life because that's where I spent my time. That's where I put my focus. And when there's a person in your life, you can't really do that. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, you know, what was that verse you were going to share about? Was it Peter said, um, or was it Paul that said, if you uh, burn with less, you should get married? but otherwise it's better for you to remain unmarried. Like Mm. the Bible says, you know, that's not the pinnacle. Right. The pinnacle would be if you could just focus on God, all of your, Mm -hmm. all of your focus, all of your time, instead of like having this family and God is not against family. Don't get me wrong there, but he's just saying this and he created us for family too, but he's saying this is like, that would be the pinnacle. Right, if like nothing should just be above. Focus. Yeah, yeah if you could just focus that. on that. And it does change when you're dating and when you're married. Mm-hmm. Your relationship with God changes a little bit because mm-hmm. you do have other people to take care of. Right. It's not just you and God anymore. Yeah. Yeah, um, huge shout out to all the single folks out there. Like, 
Marriage is hard. I mean, you, uh, you know, you bring two different people with two different backgrounds and, um, you know, men and women think so differently about things in relationships and you're like, Hey, I got this person, figure it out. And man, you just think you do. And then the next thing you know, it just, it's not even close. It's like God made us such different creatures, but yet it's like, you know, it's still such a great thing to be able to be together and to, to desire that. So I just, it's a good spot. Now I wanted to read first Corinthians chapter seven. Um, and this is Paul talking a little bit Verses 8 and 9, um, he's talking to the unmarried. Um, and then the widows, verses 10 and 11, he's talking to the married people, um, the Christians. And then verses 12 through 15, to the married Christian, to the non-Christian. So, for example, if if you're married and and um, you your spouse maybe is not a believer. And so um, verse 8, um, just in the King James says, I say, therefore, to the unmarried and the widows, it is good for them if they abide even as I um, but if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn in lust. So he's basically saying if you can't control your passions, if you can't keep yourself and your your body in check of of, of what, you know, I th- he's referring to that sexually there as well. And so if you can't do that, then he says, hey, it's better that you get married. But he's saying at the same time, hey, marriage is it's hard here. It's like, hey, you know, it's going to take away from uh Sometimes the call, if if you're consumed in taking care of your wife or taking care of your husband, and, and that becomes more of your focus as opposed to serving God. So yeah. that's kind of just that. And so if that encourages you, I encourage you to study it, look at it in different translations a little bit. And that is one piece in the Bible that is kind of talking to people that's not specifically the marrieds. Right. I was listening to a podcast not too long ago, and he said something that I had never, ever thought of. He says, when you stand up at the altar with that person, you're not saying yes to everything you do know, because that's the reason why you're getting married. But you're saying I do to everything you don't know about that person. I was like, oh, yeah. And he's like, and that's why a lot of people who have maybe like lived together for years, and they get married, and then all of a sudden they get divorced. He's like, when you get married, there's like a light that comes on from God that just exposes everything about that person. And when you're up there at the altar, you're saying yes to everything you don't know about that person, you know, good, bad, and ugly. And I was like, Oh, I've never heard it. You know, I've never heard it said like that. And he said, and also you're in front of an altar. What were altars used for in the old Testament? They're used for sacrifice. So when you're standing in front of that altar, you're, it's not just like, Oh, everything's rainbows. It's like, no, I am promising to die to myself for this person. And I feel like that's something that my generation, I could be wrong. I could be speaking out of turn was not taught. And so when I heard that, I just paused it and I was like, Oh my gosh, I've never heard it said like that because marriage is a sacrifice. You're dying to yourself for that person and vice versa. And I feel like that's a problem with um, people in my generation is we think, oh, well, you're just going to be accepted and you just get to be exactly who you are in that relationship all the time. And if they don't like it, clearly they don't love you. And that's obviously not your, pr-. I'm like, no, that's not, I don't think that's how that's supposed to go. Yeah, no, that's a fantastic thing. I want to jump in really quick. Um, just marriage is designed um, biblically as a covenant, right? Yeah. So if you don't know, go study it. We have no, um, 
evidence of that really in our world today. Evidence yeah. isn't a great word. It's like no example of that. Um, we of yeah. a covenant, we have contracts that we sign maybe to buy a house or something, but right. you can always have these escape clauses and everything. And even yeah. in our world today, it's like, Hey, we got a prenup agreement or something like this, you know, that just says, Hey, well, if this doesn't work out, well, that's not the way it was designed to be. Um, mm-hmm. It's designed to be forever. It's designed to be something that says, hey, I'm giving you everything and you're giving me everything in return. And we're willing yeah. to make that sacrifice. And so absolutely to what you said, it's like, hey, are you ready to be able to die out to yourself? Are you really ready to love that person as you would yourself? Because let's be honest, we're all, we're selfish people, right? We yeah. want what feels good to us, yep. but it's a lot harder to extend that to the other person, especially if you're feeling like, hey, they're talking some foreign language and I don't understand what they're telling me right, right. now. And so each of those pieces come into play, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's just that willingness. And it, I think it kind of mirrors how we're supposed to like crucify our flesh to Christ as well. You know, like, uh, what is it? What is that? I can't remember the address, but whoever lose, uh, wants to keep his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Kind, I feel like that is a good mirror reflection of, I think, well, because the relationship in the marriage is supposed to reflect Christ and the church or how we are to Christ. And if, and I think if we're not willing to do that for Christ, we're definitely not going to be willing to do that for a, a regular human being. And so that's why during your dating life or during your the time that you're dating, it's such a good time to work on yourself. Right. Because like if you're not ready for that next step, get ready, you know. So mm-hmm. and God gives you, you know, you have to be obedient to God in order to receive his blessings. So yes. if you're obedient in the singleness, then you're ready to receive, you know, whatever. Yeah, God will put his hand on something that's not, I mean, my, I don't, I don't know if you guys know my story, but I'm a living testimony to that. I mean, my, all of my past relationships were very ungodly. You know, I was living with a man, like all the things. And I was like, God, where, where are you? And he's like, you're not obeying me. You're outside of what I've told you to. And as soon as I started to actually obey and sacrifice my flesh, that's when he's like, now I can do something. And now looking back, I would never go back there. Cause you know, a lot of times people my age think, oh, well, it's just a set of rules and you just want to be a slave to it. Well, like I made myself a slave to it for years. And then I didn't realize like once I started obeying God, how much freer I was and how like tied I was to like the ways of the world. And I'm like, I would never go back now because I'm stubborn. I like to try to make the same mistake multiple times and get it to come out my way. (laughs) And God's just like, I'm just going to let you keep messing up until you're finally ready to figure it out. And then I was like, okay, I'm ready. And it hurt because of all of the past choices I had made for so long. I had to work through those, but it's never, it's never worth it coming from me, you know? And I was just like, I don't know why I didn't get my head out of the sand earlier. (laughs) Like I wish I would have, but I think a lot of it is lack of knowledge. Like our society Mm -hmm. teaches something completely contrary to what the Bible says. And so for a lot of times, like you might say, oh, this um, isn't totally right the way it should be. But yeah. a lot of times people don't know what the Bible says about that yeah. even. Well, my my thing was I knew. <laughs> you did know. I knew. I yeah. knew. And like I could feel like the Holy Spirit was telling me, knock it off. This is not what I called you to do. But I didn't. I wasn't ready to obey and I wasn't ready to sacrifice my flesh. And so what, what I also did is I surrounded myself with people who would um, just agree with me. 
to make myself feel better about my, my choices. And, um, the people who are, who would actually sit me down and be like, this is not right. I'd be like, oh my gosh, they don't, they're just, you know, and I'd get offended. But, um, I remember there was one time, like right at the end of my last relationship, I knew it was going nowhere. And God was like, he gave me a choice because he always gives us a choice. He's like, you can have him, but my hand's out of it and I'm out of it. Or you can have me. He's like, but you have to make a choice. And, I, and I'm pretty sure it was like how I was going to spend the rest of my life. He's like, you can have him, but I'm not going to be there. And I was like, okay, I'll have you. I promise <laughs> I'll do it right. But it's also just, I think like you said, ignorance to what the truth is. And then when the truth is actually told, it's offensive. You don't like it. Yeah, and what you said about surrounding yourself with people who will agree with you or make you feel better, I feel like society is saying, you know, well, this is okay. That's not the way people do it anymore. The Bible's um, irrelevant. Yes, exactly. It's not, it's not made for today. And like, one of the biggest that is, lies that Satan, I feel like, has given this generation is you're missing out on something. God's yeah. trying to keep something good away from you yep. by, you know, living that way before you're married mm-hmm. or... I think the other big lie is like, um, once you do mess up, you're done for, you know, that's, that's totally a lie. That's why Jesus came Mm -hmm. is so that we can have that relationship restored with God. So it's never too late to start living in a biblical way. Yep. And see, that was the lie that I listened to with Satan. It's like, oh, well, you already messed up. You know, like God's already mad, mad about this. You know, what's the point? in trying to to go back and it's the stupidest lie I've ever heard now and now you might as well just keep doing it and yeah. you might as well you're never going to have what what God's perfect plan is now you yeah. might as well just or keep on just going. do what makes you happy yeah just do what makes it makes me I'm like no don't do what makes you happy in the moment because you make stupid choices <laughs> you know that's it and that's um I just wanted to talk just for a minute like you know just a reminder um for those of you that do know, or for those of you that don't, the Bible talks about that it says we are a three-part being, that we we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. So we are a spirit. We know that that we are a spirit. When, when our body dies, we go to heaven. Our spirit goes to heaven. Our spirit looks like our soul. Mm-hmm. Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And so yep. if you understand and realize that two out of three wins, so when you take that into dating, when you think, hey, I mean, let's be honest, let's be real. Hey, this person satisfies my soul. They, you know, I like them. They make me feel good, you know, in a variety of ways, whether that be emotional, whether that be, um, hey, I'm connected with this person on a deep level, level, or, you know, whether that means sexually or whatever that means and what right. that involves. And so, you know, Romans 8 talks about it, and I just encourage you to go read it a little bit. Paul talks a lot about the spirit versus the flesh. And so yeah. the biblical explanation of, hey, this feels good, I want to just date this person is, hey, that's kind of your your flesh speaking, saying, hey, this feels good, this satisfies me, I feel like, you know, this person does this and makes me feel better in certain ways, and so that's what I want to do, but it says, hey, you know, that's not necessarily what we should be doing, and mm-hmm. we can apply that to a broad scope in our life as well. We could apply it to that extra cookie that we just want to eat or mm-hmm you know, binge watching a show or something like that just because this makes me feel good. And so I think just developing that in in, in yourself of saying, hey, God, I want to follow after the things of your spirit. I want to follow after you. Um, yeah. It's just some good, hopefully that's encouragement to you that are listening. Yeah. Well, and it also says, I think it's still in Romans 8 where it says the flesh is always hostile to God. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
and it never want it does not want to obey God, and so that's why we're constantly seven. having to oh, seven, yeah, but that we have to we have to sacrifice our flesh or crucify our flesh because our flesh will never obey God's laws if we follow our flesh, and it says and it literally says never it never will it'll always be hostile. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. So when you guys were were dating, what were certain things that you guys did to like apply God into the foundation, um, because dating is bu- building the foundation for marriage. So what were some uh, boundaries or some things that you guys did in your dating relationship to make sure it focused on God and that you were building a good foundation for your marriage and not a crappy one? Go ahead, Kendra. <laughs> you have notes. <laughs> I think, okay, so first of all, um, we established like the very first time, like we were both Christians, we knew that we were Christians. So I think yeah. asking the spiritual question is really important. Mm-hmm. Like that will help you set boundaries. And so then, um, you know, immediately, like on our first, what I would call our first date, we prayed together and like, we want to honor God in this situation. Mm-hmm. So I think then because we both knew that we were Christians and that our desire was to honor God, we could help hold each other accountable. Mm, yeah. So like, uh, asking the hard questions, you know, is this something that honors God? Mm-hmm. And I, we definitely had the boundary. I don't know if we specifically talked about like we will not have sex before we were married or mm-hmm. before we're married. Do you know if we? I think it was like understood. Just kind of like an unwritten rule. Like this, is, we're not going there. And and evident in our walks with Christ right. also. And so um, I'm trying to think if we ever like actually set a boundary. Beforehand, before I started dating, I had set a boundary that I wasn't going to kiss a man unless he was my husband. Mm-hmm. So that, and he knew that we did mm-hmm. establish that boundary. Like as far as physical um, connection, we said, and he knew that even before, like he took me on a first day. I was very open about that, right? And so, and he really admired that, and so it was easy for him to honor that. Um, and so that was probably. The boundary that we set is just knowing that it's not going anywhere physically. Yeah. But then we would talk about what we were learning in church. We would talk about at that time we went to different churches um, because I still went to the church that I was raised in back home right from college. But I feel like we would talk about what we were learning in our, our Bible reading. And I don't... <laughs> I'm looking to you for help. <laughs> what do you think boundaries we set um, or standards? That's a great question. I was just giving you a chance to go ahead and finish there. So um, there's a couple things. So right away when we first started, Kinder said, hey, I'm not going to kiss anybody until they're my husband. And so I thought, well, okay, that's pretty good, but I can break that pretty quick or something. You know, <laughs> I can I can talk her out of that, right? But but it was something that she held to, and I feel like, you know, in, in looking back at that, that was something that kept us from – from going to the next steps physically right. um, in a relationship. And it's like, Hey, we just had to focus more on the friendship and, yeah. you know, so much of our world today says, Hey, well um, let's just, Hey, let's swipe right to see if we're sexually compatible and then yeah. go from there. But that's not really the template of how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the relationship, a true relationship is built upon a friendship, yeah. you know, and, and if you talk to anybody that's been married for a long amount of time, you know, it's like, hey, ultimately the foundation of this relationship is a friendship. So if you're looking for a, a, 
a template or, or something to start, I would really encourage you, hey, just start with being friends with that person. You right. know, don't just say, hey, we're just quote friends, but actually like, hey, let's just go hang out. There's no pressure here. We're not trying to to take it to the next level right away. Let's just see if we have fun together. Let's just right. see if we enjoy each other's company and just, you know, start there. The other thing is, is that, you know, though I had dated a few different girls then I would never really like, one of the things that I said is that I will never tell a girl that I love you until mm-hmm. it's going to be my spouse because I wanted it to be special mm-hmm. to my wife because I knew that she was going to be the only one for that. And so I wanted to let her know. And so that even though that was hard and, and she just so much of the time just yearned to say, gosh, I wish you would just tell me that you love me. Mm-hmm. I feel like the dating time was hard for us because we said, Hey, you know, there's definitely some chemistry here. There's definitely a time that we enjoy each other's company. We love hanging out. We want to, to take it to that next level. But at the same time, we knew that if we were honoring God in our dating relationship, Mm -hmm. that he would bless our marriage. Yeah. And I think we could both say yes, that he has because we chose to to save the things for marriage that are supposed to be in the delayed gratification instead of the immediate gratification absolutely yeah there is one thing that that reminded me of um at one point so we had dated for a little while and then we had some spiritual um oh what would you call that like disagreements we had spiritual Mm -hmm. disagreements so we broke it off for a while until we could get on the same page and then we started dating again and maybe for like five months or something And then Michael said, we are two into each other Mm -hmm. and we're not focusing on what we should be focusing on, which is God. We're not, we're, we're more into each other than we are into God. And so we need to take a step back and we're going to break up for a season. Mm -hmm. Well, at that time it was just break up. I mean, we didn't even know if we would get back together or not Mm -hmm. and focus on God. And, um, during that time, you know, during times like we were both heartbroken, it was, it was a very hard thing to do, but in that we honored God and we Mm -hmm. said, God, we refuse to have an idol. What what we had done was placed each other up above where God deserves to be. And so we took that time to really focus on, okay, God, what do you have for our lives right now? What do you have for Kendra? What do you have for Michael separately? And kind Mm -hmm. of grew in God, got us back to what I would call like a strong foundation, a strong spiritual foundation in our own walks with God. So that when we did come back together, we could be stronger and make sure that we kept God at the first. So I feel like that was a really good boundary that you had set at that time when you when you broke up with me in that. Yeah. And I just want to speak to like the last um, few months. We knew we were engaged and we were going to get married Mm. and I had purchased a house and there was no accountability there. And so there was times that, I mean, I will relate with you if, you know, that was a hard time, you know, it was hard time to say, Hey man, I'm really attracted to this person right now. And it's hard to stay pure before marriage, but, um, you just, I mean, there's, let's an example, don't be alone together for a long amount of time, Mm -hmm. you know, practical steps. Hey, um, you know, I would encourage you don't move in together because then that just makes something too don't easy. Don't move in together. You know, it's you, the worst mistake you'll ever make in your life. I, don't I, do it. I'll tell you like a story when we were dating, you know, two and we weren't engaged yet is we went to a concert and, um, you know, we said, Hey, out well of out of town, let's save money by getting a motel room together. Mm-hmm. And our, our parents really encouraged us. Um, no, that's not a great idea. 
and but we'll save some money and so we ended up just driving back to like 3 a.m that night and not getting a motel which was a crazy idea also because it's i think it's it's playing with fire you're just putting yourself in a situation where you're like oh no well it's not even playing with fire sometimes it's like playing with the tip of a volcano (laughs) (laughs) but you have to listen to the people around you who you respect and who want you to honor god and who so in that case we were like we'll be fine It's no big deal. Like we have these boundaries and we have these standards. We're going to be fine. And our parents, both sets, both sets of parents said, this is not a great idea. And so we chose to listen to them. And I'm so thankful we did. And that takes a great amount of of humility to do as well. Like, oh, maybe I don't know, you know, maybe I think I can, but sometimes like what we were talking about, that flesh can almost feel so strong you can't say no. I mean, God will always give you a way out, but sometimes it's like, I just don't even want to go there. But I think that takes a lot of humility because it's hard to be like, I just, I want to prove them wrong. <laughs> no, you're probably going to prove them right almost. Yeah, I would say too at that time. Sorry. Not saying you would, but but just from my generation. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'd, we'd fail most of the time. And depending on your personality too. Um, I would say that time that Michael said, you know, we were engaged. He had bought a house. I was living at my parents because I knew I was going to move in with him Mm -hmm. right after we got married. So, but I was like an adult, so I could do whatever I wanted to do. And that was definitely like, we put ourselves in some situations, like by the grace of God, we did save sex for marriage, but we went probably farther than either one of us should have gone at that time. Or, you know, before we were married, we know that we went farther. And we didn't honor God in that. But I would say some really easy things like don't shut off the lights, right? Don't go to the bedroom. Keep your clothes on. Like those kinds of things when you are. Vertical sitting. (laughs) Yeah. When you are truly trying to honor God, just make sure that you're making choices that help you to do that because your flesh is going to be very loud. And we were like, we're engaged. We're going to get married anyway. But we both knew this is the line that was drawn. We I'm can't so cross it that. because yeah. that's, that's a line that people are like, Oh, well, once we're engaged, we're going to give it. You can, there can still be, you know, uh, that separation when you're engaged and a lot of people are like, Oh, well, what's, what's the difference if we're engaged? Okay. But what, what, what would be like, why, don't, why not wait then still? Like, if you know, you're going to get married and it's going to happen like, Oh, well, we can just do it. Eh, well, wh- why not just keep waiting? You know, you've already, you've already waited, but this is also coming from someone who's single. So it's like, and you know, it'll probably change, but it's just like, no, you gotta have, you have to set those boundaries. And just cause you're being engaged doesn't still does not mean that you're in that covenant with that person. You haven't gone up to the altar. Right. You haven't said exactly. your I do's. You haven't had a witness sign the, the legal certificate. Okay. Can I, okay. I have a question. A lot of people say, um, I I've gotten into some arguments with, um, with Christians who are living together, They're like, well, God sees us married when we sleep together and the, the legal proceedings is just stupid because you know, the, the government just wants to control. What would you say to that? Cause I'm like, I don't know. Cause I'm pretty sure like, cause God does a lot of stuff legally as well. Like what's bound in heaven is, is bound on earth. So like, what would you say to people who think, oh, well, we're, we're in a committed relationship. We love God. We're living together. We're married, but we're just not legally married. Yeah. That's a really good question. And I think it's very applicable to today. And I would want to say first that I relate with you because of how sadly our world is treating marriage today. Yeah. That anyone 
and two men, two women, mm-hmm. um, however you identify can legally by our world obtain a marriage certificate. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, that part is to me is very, very sad because there's no biblical basis for that at all. Right. And so first, I mean, that part of it, I understand. I also understand the fact that you say, hey, if we're single, if I'm looked at as maybe a single mom or something like that, my taxes are better. I can have, you know, better college opportunities, right. you know, with, with our law. And yes, I mean, I understand all of those things a hundred percent, but but it truly comes down to saying, hey, are you going to honor God? Mm, and when you, yeah. when, you, when you put it under that category of what we've been talking about today, when you honor God in it, you say, hey, God, this is something that you set up right. a long time ago. It's not just some new thing. It's not just some you know, awesome technology that's coming down the road. Hey, God, you set this up for a reason. You had a plan. Yeah. When, the, when God says the, the, you'll leave your father and mother and you'll come together as one, He's meaning it in many different ways symbolically. Yes, he's meaning in a sexual context, but he's also meaning in a covenant relationship. Right. In other words, you, like you were t- talking about earlier, you lay down all of yourself, all of your wants and your desires, and you come together because now you're coming into that marriage relationship together. Right. So I think ultimately it just boils back down to the idea that, hey, this is what God wants me to do, and I'm going to honor God in this. Because if I'm not honoring God and what his law is, yeah. then his blessing is not going to be on my life. It's not going to be on our relationship. It's not going to yeah. be on our family. And so I, I, whatever I do, I, I want to make sure that I'm following what God has called me to do, even if it may be different than what our world's laws or customs may be. And I think there's... I know there's a verse. I'm just really bad with addresses where it says that we are still supposed to submit ourselves under the authority of our government, like, uh, or to our leaders or whatever. And so it's just like, just just make it legal. If it's just a piece of paper, then just get just get married. That's what I was gonna say. Like, why not? Why not yeah. just go get it? And then you have accountability in the world, and you have accountability with God. And nowhere in here does it talk about. Nowhere in the Bible does it talk about. Um, when a husband and or when a man and wife, it always or a man and woman, it always talks about a husband and wife when it refers to marriage. And if you're not legally married, you're not a husband you're and a man a wife. and a woman. Yeah, you're oh, a man okay. and a woman. And so um, I think that you just need to say, I'm going to make this legal in the world, and it honors God on the other side too. Like there's no reason not to get married if you're in a committed relationship anyway, right? Yeah. Just like what you were saying, go make yeah. it legal. Like why not? Yeah. I would just say, you know, in that the idea of marriage that that it is a covenant going back to that. If you don't know, go back and study it and look cuz um, you know, we see biblical examples of covenants with Abraham. Mm-hmm. We see biblical example of covenant with Adam. In the beginning, Adam actually cut covenant with God. Mm-hmm. And all of these things and there's a lot of pieces to it, like blood's actually exchanged. It says, hey, if you have debts, they're mine now. Mm-hmm. If you have assets, if you have lots of money, which we'll get really lucky if that happens, right? But <laughs> it's whatever's yours is mine. Yeah. And so in thinking about that part of it, you know, that marriage is so important because then you truly are giving all of yourself to that person. Right. You know, um, and 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 honoring God in that. Yeah, that's all I have. I don't have anything else if you have specific yeah. questions. Yeah, I wanted to speak to, um, because you said the audience or the your friend said mm-hmm. there's not a lot to say how to do godly dating. Mm-hmm. And I think that the most important thing is to know what sin is to God. So sin is 
something that you know you should do and you haven't done or something know that that you know you shouldn't should not do and you do it anyway right and so um i just wanted i shared this with the youth group the other night at youth and it talks about being in god's family it's first john 3 and it talks about in verse let me see here in verse 6 it says, no one who abides in him. So if you truly have a relationship with God and you're wanting to honor God, mm-hmm. you're not listening to society, you're saying, I want to do what the word says. It says, "He who, uh, no one who abides in him, who lives and remains in communion with and in obedience to him, deliberately, knowingly, and habitually commits sin or mm. practices sin. So no one who habitually sins has either seen or known him. They haven't recognized, perceived, or understood him or have had an experiential acquaintance with him. And so I think it's really important. And actually the next verse says, let no one deceive and lead you astray. Don't listen to society. You have to say, God, what is it that you have told me to do? Mm-hmm. What is it that you have said? This is important. This is what I, this is a standard that I need you to set. This is the line I don't want you to cross right. in order to receive a blessing. So you have to say, you have to get that from the word of God. You yeah. cannot go to society because then you will be led astray. So would I be wrong in saying that that verse pretty much says if you're deliberately sinning, um, you don't really know Christ? That's exactly it. So, I mean, it sounds a little harsh, but it's it is it's true. It, it is true. Just wait. It gets worse down in verse 8. <laughs> it it says, he who commits sin, who practices evil doing is of the devil. He takes his character from the evil one. Mm. Um. And I think it's just so important to say, okay, so where is my character coming from as I'm going into a marriage relationship? I don't want to get by with as much as I can get by with. I want to do what God told me to do, mm-hmm. especially because marriage is such a big decision. Like yeah. if you're in covenant with this person for the rest of your life, you are dealing with this person for the rest of your life and you mm-hmm. want God's blessing on that. Right. You're raising a family, you're changing the world. And so in order for you to have God's blessing, you need to be abiding with yeah. God, right? And that yeah. means staying far away from sin. Yeah. And not getting close to the line and seeing if you'll fall in or not. Christ did not die for us to sin as much as we want and have that, um, you know, I, I say Jesus is not a get out of hell free card. And it's, he's not a, a, a way to just do whatever we want. Be like, oh, well, his forgiveness will be there once again because I lived that way. And it's like, but then I read Oh, it's in Hebrews somewhere that um, when you do that, you're you're crucifying him all over again, and you're like, Ugh. you're like that's kind of ugly. But it's it's true. He's not just a lot of people are like, oh well, he already paid all of the debt, and so we get to live free. Yes, you get to live free with boundaries. <laughs> there are bound. There's there's a reason why the ocean has a boundary of the beach because if it didn't, everything would be flooded, everything would be destroyed. So he there are boundaries for a reason. You don't just let your kids go out and play in the street just cuz they want to and you know whatever. Why do you say no you you can't go play out in the street cuz they could get hit by a car and get killed, right? It there's certain we still have boundaries and freedom is not free to do whatever we want. It's free to live in a safe place with boundaries, knowing that this is better for me. And this is why God says, this is why this boundary is here. Freedom is, is being free in Christ. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, the, the devil wants you to believe, hey, if you just lived a, a life that you had no boundaries, no laws, imagine what this world would look like. 
I think we've kind of seen it a little bit. It's yeah. going, I, this and, world's going crazy. And that's it. That's the end. Like the Antichrist is also referred to as the spirit of lawlessness. In other words, mm-hmm. eh, just do whatever you want. Do whatever what feels good anytime, mm-hmm. anywhere. Yeah. But that's a recipe for failure by so many means. And, and with God, it's the same way. Yeah. You know, if he didn't set up any boundaries for us to live our life, imagine what kind of chaos we would be in. Yeah. Right. Because we're always, the Bible talks about how the, the flesh is will, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Right. Yeah. We, we want to, Hey, this feels good. This feels good. But really that's not what we're wanting to do. Right. Um, what we should do. So I just wanted to take just a minute and just kind of encourage, you know, those of you, if you have been in a place that you said, man, I've messed up in the past. I've made some choices that if, if somebody knew, gosh, Maybe you're embarrassed. Maybe you're ashamed. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible says in 1 John 1 and 9, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You're not scarred. You're not, mm-hmm. you know, God, you're not yeah. tainted now. It's not like you're secondhand stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the examples in the Bible. Go look and like Moses couldn't speak and it took him 40 years to obey God. I mean, yeah. David had adultery with Solomon's mom, had the husband killed, and yet yeah. God redeemed that. Right, and there was there was so many different times and situations. Rahab was a prostitute. I was just going to say she that. was like in the lineage of Jesus. Yep, you know. Yeah, and and there's more. Those are just a, a few examples. So so look at yourself through what Jesus did um, on the cross for you. It's not what you do. It's not the Bible says we're saved by grace through faith. It's not through works, yep. lest any man should boast. In other words, it's what Jesus has done for us and through us. It doesn't mean, like you said, that you have a license to be able to do it, but right. it's that, hey, you know what, God, my heart is such that I want to follow after you. Please forgive me of what I've done in the past. Yep. I'm choosing to move forward. We live in today. We live in now. We can't go back five seconds and change. Mm-hmm. And we're called we're to live differently, and so we we should yeah. look differently than the world. You know, like we don't want to be like, oh, they're a Christian. Couldn't tell. You know what I mean? We're su- we're supposed to walk differently from the yes. world. Narrow is the path that leads to righteousness, but wide is the gate that leads to destruction. And so we're supposed to look different. And if we don't, we we need to reevaluate some things. <laughs> Once again, speaking from experience. Yeah, you know, and that's it. And and you know, it's okay to realize, hey, maybe you're out there and you know, you long for that spouse. You long for that person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. I mean, I get it. That's how God made us to be. God says he designed us to to long for that companionship, to long for it. Why? Because he set up that example with Christ and the church. Like right. he gave us that example that we know and can see that. And so yeah. it's okay to realize, hey, there's a desire in my heart for this. But until that person comes... Until that opportunity arises, continue to seek God and know that, hey, God, you are everything that I need. Yeah. I'm going to continue to keep working on myself because that's the only person you can change. Yeah. As hard as we may want to blame somebody else or something else, we say, hey, this is the only person that I can change is me. And so, God, I'm going to keep working on myself. I'm going to keep being the best husband, the best wife that I can be yep. for that person when that day comes. And set your faith and believe God and say, God, I thank you for that man or I thank you for yeah. that wife. If, if that's the desire of your heart, you know, yeah. because we know the Bible says that faith pleases God. 
Yeah, and it says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Amen. And you can also flip that around and be like, he who finds a husband. But it's not, um, I, I can't remember who said it, but it's like it's not he who finds a, a girl that he likes and then starts dating. It's he who finds a wife. So like, you're, and he says, you're not a wife when I marry you. You're a wife when I find you. And so it's that wife, you know, that wife material. And I'm just going to like tell on myself a little bit. Like I, because that is such a like desire of my heart, I made it an idol. And so I like had like a 40 minute, like ball session of repentance the other day. And I was like, I, I finally give this to you. Like I, I, I give this control over, not because like I actually had control over it in the first place, but you know, sometimes I think I do. And I was just like, I finally give this to you. You know, your timing is always right. My timing has sucked every single time and it's never worked out, but like, I'm sorry that I've made this an idol above you. And like, sometimes I would do things in order to please God thinking it would bribe him into giving me a spouse. And I'm like, I'm so sorry that I've done that. And, and I told, I told pastor Nancy, I was like, all I heard was the Holy spirit went finally. (laughs) I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like whatever you want to do, like this is yours now. Like I'll do you, but the the Holy spirit was just like, finally. (laughs) Good job. Good job. I'm sorry. Okay, one more question. When you guys were engaged, did you guys do any sort of like um, premarital counseling or any sort of like, did you kind of submit yourself under like a pastor to kind of help you guys get ready for that? Because it's also another season that's completely different from dating. You're, you're committed to each other. You have a ring, you have that, that, um, that promise of a covenant. You just don't quite have that covenant yet. So what are some things that would like you guys maybe practiced in that season since it is a little different than just the dating season. We had kind of a tricky situation with our pastors because my best friend's dad was my pastor growing up. So I was very, he was like a second dad to me. We were very close. And then obviously Michael's dad is also a pastor, Mm -hmm. different beliefs. Yeah. (laughs) And so, um, it was really important to me to have my pastor be part of it. And it was really important to also have Michael's dad be part of it. And so my pastor ended up doing what, what would be quote unquote premarital counseling. Did we go to him twice? Do you remember? I think we went twice and he had us read a book. So we kind of took it upon, I don't remember if your dad did any. But do we remember anything that book said? Probably not. It was about (laughs) consecration. That's the only thing I remember. (laughs) Um, But so we kind of took it upon ourselves and we did some Christian book studies, like premarital Christian Mm -hmm. book studies. Um, Other than that, oh, sorry. Oh, you're fine. Other than that, I don't remember specifically. We didn't like go to a counselor, but we highly recommend going to a pastor and talking to them about it. You know, we didn't do everything right. We've learned a lot of things along the way, but we definitely recommend getting um, Christian counseling before you get married. Yeah. There's so much great advice out there and programs even Mm -hmm. too. Um, If you're, if you don't know somebody, if your church doesn't have something specific, there's things that you can go through and, and what do they focus on? They focus on things that are going to last long-term in your marriage. Mm -hmm. Like what's your personality? You know, Mm -hmm. are you, are you big and bold and brash and you want to just, Hey, conquer this head on. Or are you like, Hey, I'm going to avoid conflict here. I'm Mm going to just hole up and clam up and hope the situation goes away or anywhere in between and, and learning each about each other. Because, you know, most of the time when you're in that situation and you're just about ready to get married and you're engaged, you know, you're, they say love is blind and you Mm -hmm. don't really remember 
some of the stuff you're like, oh, this person's the best person ever. I'm mm-hmm. so excited. We're going to get married. I got my wedding all planned and all of these things. Mm-hmm. Really, the counseling is something, or let me say this, the 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 practice of continuing to learn about each other mm-hmm. should last all the way through even the wedding. Right. And you should continue learning about each other with the help of wise advice because yeah. it there's going to be a time and a date and this person hopefully... Hopefully you feel you know this person well, but there's going to be times yep. when some part of their personality comes out, and you're just going to be like, "Wait, who is this person? I thought I married somebody different." So right. it's yeah. just important to be able to to have that time. I would 100% agree of of look for that wise advice. Look for those that have been married a long time and um, and listen <laughs> and listen because they'll yeah. they may give you really good tools right to be able to. Um, talk through conflict whenever it comes because it will come eventually right and you literally think it won't you literally are like no we're the exception to the rule Uh we are so in love we are going to be like newlyweds for our entire life like cinderella and prince charming the whole time but so then the premarital counselor's job is to say when conflict happens or when something comes out that's a challenge these are tools to help that will help you and these are biblical ways to handle things. I listened to a pastor who said when he does premarital counseling, um, he tells them, do not set a date. Do not start planning. He's like, because my job is to try to break you guys up. He's like, not in a malicious way. He's like, but I'm trying to bring everything to the surface that maybe you were blind to see. Because once again, you're saying yes to everything you don't know about that person at, at, at the wedding. He's like, I'm not actually viciously trying to break you up, but it's like, hey, if, if this is something you can't deal with, if you've already started that wedding planning, if you already have your dress bought, it's a lot harder to break that off if the planning and stuff is already, he's like, so I always tell people don't start planning. I'm not saying that is, you know, reasonable for everybody, but he's like, when you do premarital counseling, you're supposed to be trying to go in with as much knowledge of that person, how you're going to deal with conflict. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Cause if you, you know, if you already bought the dress and deposits are already down, it's a lot harder to be like, uh, you know what? I changed my mind by <laughs> the very last thing I was thinking of when Michael was speaking last was, um, when you're in a dating relationship, you should look at that person as somebody's wife and somebody's husband. Oh, yeah. Even like, even if it's not going to be your husband or your wife, how would you want somebody in that dating relationship to be treating your future husband or your future wife? Yes. And so if you look at it that way, it's a little bit easier to stay to what honors God because your flesh speaks so loud at that Mm -hmm. time. So it's a little bit easier to say, how would I want my future spouse to be treated? And, and eventually you're going to have to answer to your future spouse about how you treated or what happened in that kind of relationship when you were dating. And so if you always are like thinking about treating it as a husband and a wife situation, whether it's going to be yours or not, I think it makes it a little bit easier. That's so good. I'm not, I'm forever changed on how I'm going to go into That's such a good piece of advice. And true love is, is loving that person the way God would love them. Sorry. You had something to say. No, no, that's it. I mean, yeah. Think about that. Think about, imagine yourself on that day that you're married, you telling your spouse all of the things of your past, right? That's going to be hard. That's going to be tricky. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, no, sorry, I've already done this with other people or whatever right. Whatever your past looks like. And so that may be something that will help you hold yourself accountable. Let's say, hey, 
I want to give my best self to mm. my future spouse, right? Yeah. I want to, to, to give that to them. And so what does that look like? And so that's just kind of a, a test to be able to do that. Wow. That's so good. That's so yeah. good. Thank you guys so much for being on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And this was great. The only other thing that I was going to say to yeah. Kitri, and it was just a little snippet on here, but go for it. The Bible defines adultery as sex outside of marriage. So the reason that I am saying that today yeah. is just so that you know the Bible is relevant to today's world. Mm-hmm. Like it it does that's what it defines it as and and so much I feel like our world today says hey well that's the first step. No, I want to encourage you those of you out there start with the friendship, start with the relationship. Yeah. If they've passed the first test of saying hey, yes this person loves God. Yes, I could see this person potentially as you know, not changing A, B, C, D, one, two, three, four, but this person is, you know, following the plan of God for their right. life. And I, I want to try to maybe just get to know this person more on, on a friendship level. Yeah. It's like, hey, follow that path as best as you can. And and if that person's worth it, they'll honor your, um, not expectations, but honor your Design, yeah. not even um, your boundaries, your boundaries, yeah. your commitments, your morals, and yeah. what you believe. Yeah, and so, those mom, are the yeah. people that are worth hanging on to, you yeah. know. Because when we were dating at the time, I was like, man, come on, this girl won't even budge at all, right? But at the same time, <laughs> now that we did that, I know that, hey, God has blessed our marriage in that. And so, that's a great thing. Just again, want to encourage all you guys listening out there that yeah. God does have a plan for you. And the devil wants to lie to you, saying, like, oh, um, if you, if you don't sleep with this person, oh, you might, you might have really bad sexual chemistry when you get married. And so you have to, and I'm like, no, like I've told people, well, they're just going to have to respect that that's not happening. Like any, and, and you know, a lot of people think that adultery is only cheating on your spouse, but if you're not married to that person, that's still not your spouse. And you're still sleeping with somebody who is not your spouse, regardless if you're single or married. But, um, it sounded really harsh when I told my mom and I was like, well, if they, if they don't want to respect those boundaries then the trash will take itself out. And she's like, Kitri. And I'm like, but if they're not, if they're not willing to respect that boundary, there's other boundaries they are not going to respect along the way. Not just that one. You know, it's like, what other boundaries are they, are, are they going to try to push or are they not going to respect? And so I'm just like, you know, it's, it came out harsher than I wanted it to. But at the same time, I'm like, if he's a, if he's really for me and if he's really from God, he's, he's not going to question those boundaries. Absolutely. hundred percent. Well, thank you guys for being on. This was great. I learned a lot. I'm just like, this is good. I didn't take one single note, but I'm glad I get to go back and listen because this is really good for me, but you know, cause I'm in that single area. So I'm like, okay, how am I going to put my good foot forward? How am I going to honor God? And that forever changed that comment that this is still somebody's spouse, regardless if it's your future spouse or not. So that really changes stepping into any dating relationship. So, yeah, thank you for having us. I also just wanted to say kudos to you guys who are dating right now, because we (laughs) dated before the technology kind of came out and before that complicated everything. And so I would say the biggest thing you can do is not even just listen to our advice, but pray about every decision that you make in a dating relationship because it is not easy for you guys right now. And so it's not, but it's fine. (laughs) But God will bless, God will bless everything, all of your obedience. So hang in there. Awesome. Well, I will see you guys next time. Thanks for joining. Bye. Thank you.
Thank you.